Hello. So our episode is a bit late this week. Obviously, there is a lot going on in the world right now, a lot of daily changes. We actually recorded this one a few weeks ago, which is very rare for us. Uh, that being said, things were much different then than they are now. Up top, we make some jokes about Corona, but I think I can speak for both of us when I say making jokes is our way of kind of working through stuff as it is for a lot of people. Um, and that's just what we're doing. So, you know, take them in jest and obviously things are changing day to day. So we had a little debate over whether we were going to cut stuff or put out an episode this week, but we ultimately decided that we'd like to help bring hopefully a little distraction maybe to your day during this time. So, you know, just uh, sit back and learn some cool shit about Detroit with us. Stay strange, stay safe, stay home. Hi, it's Detroit Strange. Hello, Detroit Strange. Yeah, that's Jess over there, and that's Alex over there. We remember that like every four episodes. Mm-hmm. I this was pretty good actually. We started right away with it. Yeah, that's nuts. We usually like meander a bit, which that's I okay, learned though. from Jeopardy that that's, that name comes from a river in Asia. Oh, okay. Yeah. I played a lot of Jeopardy today. Did it? It does it twist and turn a lot. Is that? I I'm assuming so. Okay. Well, don't assume. You know what they say about assuming. Uh, Barb always says that at work, and I always finish it with "people die." So you know what happens when people when you assume like people die? And she's like, <laughs> I have a real dark sense of humor, and I feel like sometimes people. No, don't it's fun. I was just trying um, to think of like it. another. Another stupid way to say, like, instead of it makes an ass out of you and me. I was yeah. trying to think of if there was another way to rearrange it. Like, there probably is. I can't yeah. think of it. Yeah. So, how are you? It's, you were uh, visiting some fam. I was. My aunt and uncle are moving away, which is sad. Um, it is sad. But happy, too. I don't know where the happy comes in. Oh, well. Because they're moving to Florida. I mean, they had a, they're like just committing to being floridians full-time i was gonna say they probably like florida they probably do yeah just because uh, it's not your cup of tea or my cup of tea true i need to be better about not yucking someone's yum yes me too which is actually what you know how it's easier to tell somebody else it is happy for me though because i got a bunch of cool stuff yeah bunch of cool old vintage stuff nice i got this like vintage lighter that i'm really excited about Ooh, um for all of your lighting needs yeah uh maybe i'll just take up smoking because of this lighter I think it's the time. Fair. Like, we're all dying in five years anyway. Or sooner. May as well have a Marlboro Red. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah, but like, it's giving me some projects because it's like a bunch of silver stuff that needs to be polished. And I have no idea how to do that. So I get to look up how to do that. Oh, yeah. You can use that. toothpaste. Really? Yeah. I. Yeah, I did that once. Huh. It has to have something in it, though. It's not different toothpaste yeah. or different. I don't remember what the like thing in toothpaste that was good for it, but you can uh, use toothpaste. Okay. Also, ketchup. Okay, I've heard that one before, actually. Yeah, ketchup will get rid of the um like tarnish. I might have to try that because it is quite tarnished. Yeah, at least the, there's an ice bucket that's really mm. cute, actually. I think it's like the acidity or something. Ketchup smells bad. It does, but you don't. 
you don't you wash it away. Well, I know, but just the process. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I wonder if like tomato paste would just work though too. Maybe. I think I don't know. I'll figure it out. It's worth investigating. Is yeah. all I'm saying. But I'm just turning into a DIY hoe, and I like that for me. I told I my parents DIY, I was going to yeah. make end tables for them. Aw, that's fun. So I looked in a book and it showed me how to do it. So now I think I can do it. I used to I did actually a jigsaw too. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, almost every piece of furniture that I own, I have modified in some way. Ooh. Um, actually, I'm thinking about everything. I have one armchair with a broken foot. I've not modified yet, but to fix the foot, it will be modified. So yes, uh, everything else though, I've definitely like I've recovered something or I've cut something off or I've painted it uh-huh. or. Um, got new fabric or something. I love yeah. redoing furniture. Love this for us. Yeah. Let's make some furniture. It's fun. Yeah. It's like very, you feel very accomplished. And then when somebody likes it, you're like, mm, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't just pick it out. I also made part of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so what's new with you? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. This is a very long week. It just feels like coronavirus is everywhere. Oh, um, yeah. Or at least like listening, hearing about it is yeah. everywhere. My roommate sneezed and I told her she was patient zero. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> actually, like multiple times. <laughs> no, actually, I know, I've i been needing to be a little bit more low key. So I have been more low key. Uh-huh. And like today, like we went for a little run down on the riverfront, which was really cool. It was a beautiful day. For it, it was gorgeous. We ran way farther than like we needed to. Like yeah. we, we basically did our whole run and then we just like walked back. Yeah. Uh, which normally, you know, you turn around halfway, so you're closer, but it was just, it was nice. And you didn't mind being outside longer than you had to be. No. And it was nice to walk back too. Yeah. You know, warmer weather. Oh, totally. Cause I like myself better in warmer weather. I get that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've started to come out of hibernation a bit and I like that for me. Yeah. Same, same. I felt very refreshed the other week and I was like, oh, it's the weather. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely the weather. But yeah, I mean, not. Other than that, I can't really think of anything that's been, like, new. Okay. So, you have that drink in front of you. I do. Notice it's not blue. No. It doesn't have nuts in it. No, it's so pretty. Yeah, I, you know, I I tried this week. Ugh. Shout out to Nancy, who gave me the lemon, because I was, like, looking up drinks to make before this episode, and I was like, oh, shit, I don't have a lemon. Mom, do you have a lemon? And she's like... Is it going to save you a trip to the store? I'm like, yeah. She's like, then you can take the lemon. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So we're drinking a lovely bourbon sour. Ooh. So it's got bourbon and egg white, uh, some lemon juice and some super fine sugar. Ooh. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So let's cheers. Let's. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. That was a nice one. Had a nice ring to it. So you've got your drink. I do. You've got your blanket because it is still cold. I do. Did you notice when <laughs> you came down? I love that blanket. That's one of my favorites. cozy in the basement. Yeah. Please. I mean, I like to think that people know that they can just be comfortable in a house. Oh, I feel that way totally. I mean, I do have an entry code to get into your house. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, feel pretty cozy. Yeah. Also, your neighbor thought I lived here. A few weeks ago, your neighbor... I don't I believe the gentleman's name was like Garrett or something. Yeah. And he was like, hi, I just I always see you and I never introduce myself. I'm your neighbor. And I was like, no, you're not. But hi, nice to meet you. I'm usually like running out of my house or like in my car. So that's probably why they never see me. <laughs> so good, though. But He's yeah, very nice. Yeah. Now I look for him every time, but I it, I haven't seen him again. 
and I think his name was Garrett, but I keep like trying to remember his name. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you said it was Garrett. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. Well, are you ready for a story? I would love a story. Uh, I feel like I'm going back to my roots because I did a building again. I haven't done a building in a minute. I love okay, a building. Yeah, I know. You're the building boy. I I love architecture. I love... Oh. <laughs> if somebody could please silence their phone during the recording, um, we are recording. I'm sorry. That was my psycho computer. So my phone number is like technically a Google voice number. So whenever I get a phone call and I have my laptop open, like literally everything I'm logged into my Google account uh-huh. starts ringing at the same time. <laughs> And it kind of like drives me insane sometimes. I'm like, oh, my whole house is ringing. What is going on? I mean, we do live in an age of like alert after alert after alert, which is my really phone is great always for anxiety. in do not disturb mode because I can't handle it. <sighs> I just, I'm already, I'm already trying to get better about quicker responses to things. So I feel like that would like see make I that s- even harder for me. Somehow I have my phone do not disturb always, and I'm still like the quickest replier. I know you are very quick. I think it's because I'm always on my phone. <laughs> Mine kind of matters where I'm at, yeah. like mentally a little bit. Like there's, I try to be a very quick responder and I want yeah. to be, and that's like something I actually strive for, but mm-hmm. like sometimes I just can't. Yeah. I'm like, I need a second. I think I need to be less good at it because I feel like I reply too quickly. I mean, I like it. I think it just makes you like very reliable. Okay. And that's, I don't think that's a bad thing personally. I like that for me. Yeah. Do you have any guesses as to what building I'm doing? It's in your neighborhood. In my neighborhood? Yeah. It's mm. actually your apartment. <laughs> Hot oh, as shit. Be really, there is a weird creep. Did I tell you about the weird creepy room in my basement? No. There's a weird creepy room in my basement and it's where the um, fuse box is. And I had to go down there the first time I found it by myself. I like, wa- <laughs> I like ran in with my phone flashlight and was just like, I can't believe I'm doing this by myself. Home alone. Because it's also like a Michigan basement. So yeah. it's like not great anyway. And then, yeah, there's this like hidden hidey hole with like an old wooden door. Ooh. Yeah. There's probably things on the walls. Anyway, back to your question. Is it the train station? It is. Okay. But I have a quick story speaking of haunted houses because Ooh. I think there's been some paranormal activity in my house yeah. recently because. So I turned on motion detection settings on like my cameras. Yeah. The indoor ones now. And I just keep getting notifications at work of movement detected and I'll open the app and it shows like a 12 second clip of it and it shows it like puts a green rectangle around where it detected the movement uh-huh. and it, the one on the stairs, it just shows like a green rectangle and then it going down the stairs. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh. So can you send these clips? Are they like downloadable? Yeah, I them, they're saved on my phone. Can you show me later? Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, my gosh. I'm so terrified that we're in your basement right now and also finding this spectacularly awesome. I think it might just be Spooky Steve. <laughs> I love Spooky Steve. <laughs> Spooky Steve is my ghost roommate. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, he's cool. But back to the train station. <laughs> so, yes, you are right. I am doing the Michigan Central Station. If you're not familiar with it, I don't know where you've been because... It is a big, tall, abandoned building in Detroit. Slightly less abandoned now. They're working on it. Very much less abandoned. They have windows and yeah. people are going to be in there in the next, what, year or so? Yeah. Yeah. I think it towards that at the bottom when they're actually I'm sure. Done. I was going to say, I'm not like, going to, yeah. Yeah. It's either late 2021 or early 2022, I think. Okay. But So a year and a half, two years. Yeah. So it's a bow art style building that opened in 1913 with a three-story train terminal and an 18-story office building. 
that's insane. Yeah. Like for for that time period and the area it's in, like there's Corktown's short. Yeah. It's not like a large It really stands out. Yeah. And that's why I was like, if you haven't seen it, I don't know where you've been. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It really is. And I was looking at pictures on the inside too. And, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see it in person when they reopen it because Me it looks too. like they're doing some extensive restoration work. Mm-hmm. Well, they had those like special days where you could like raffle to get into it and stuff, but I never heard about them until the last minute. So I didn't. There's get something it. I'm so mad I didn't know was happening until after it happened. Mm. Two years after the fact, in fact. But anyway, like it's also got the like people have called it Detroit's Ellis Island because. Back in the train age, like that was the first stop in Detroit usually because you were coming in on a train. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And it was like Detroit's, it was like the first impression of Detroit because you'd get off the train and mm-hmm. you'd see this big grand train station. Yeah, and, that makes total sense. Yeah. And so it was open for like 75 years. And so I'm just going to give this some history. So before this station was built, the city was served by another structure called the Michigan Central Railroad Depot. It was built in 1884 at the corner of West Jefferson and 3rd Street, and the city was already playing the new station when this one sadly burned down in 1913. Oh, wow. Yeah, and there's actually a really good story I'll get to in a minute about that. Okay. The city picked Corktown for the new depot, and they acquired about 50 acres at the eventual cost of 680000 which adjusted for inflation is about $15 million today. Okay. That's just to get the land. Yeah. And it involved uh, hundreds of wood-framed houses either being bought or condemned. And there was one woman who apparently was holding out so much that a developer called her 40 times. Oh, my gosh. Which I wrote was a lot, but four times less than my friend Claire called me one time at work. (laughs) When I was a lifeguard, I was up in the stand and she, I don't know why, but she called me 44 times in a row. She's that friend, though, where she commits to a bit to a point where it's Mm -hmm. like, what? (laughs) <laughs> but I loved it because she's like, I called you two whole sailboats because 44. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love her. Yeah. I don't know her, but I love her. Yeah, she doesn't. She's not around too much, but mm-hmm. hopefully someday you'll meet her. She's pregnant right now. And that will make it harder to meet. Oh, 100 percent. Mm-hmm. Although I, I did tell her that her baby's going to be like a just a really fussy house plant for the first couple months. <laughs> and I love that it. poops. Don't forget. Yeah. the poop. And also, I've been calling it baby Meldor because. When people ask what they were thinking about naming it, they didn't want to give real names because everyone's judgy. Mm-hmm. So they just, she would just say like, oh, I th- we're thinking like Meldor or something mm-hmm. like stupid like that. And so they're judgy been... or they steal it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's just been saying Meldor. So I think I'm going to call beautiful. their baby Meldor. I think that's a very good trick. Yeah. But I think it would also be fun to choose like your favorite, like, like weird character from a book. So yeah. people think you're actually going to do that. Yeah. Like I'd be like, this is my baby, Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, one word. Yes. Just to like hyphenated first name. Yeah. Just to see like what people's reaction would be. Oh, totally. I think people would believe me. Yeah. Yeah. I just think about what I would give, what fake name I would give for the baby I'll mm-hmm. never have. I mean, that was the first thing that came into my head because I was at my parents' house and the the Hobbit trilogy, which I thought was just two movies, but apparently it was three, uh, was on the television on the TNT. Ooh. Yeah. And I, I was like, seen any of them. I saw I the no first two, but I never saw the third one, which is super weird to just like. I was the same the with the Hunger Games movies. I saw the first two and I didn't finish. I didn't feel the need to. I eventually saw the rest of I do this a lot, actually. And uh, Harry Potter, I did the same thing, too. Like, I never saw the last. Like, mm-hmm. you know how the last movie was like two movies? Yeah. I saw the first part, but not the last part until like very recently. Yeah. 
I don't know what it was about the Hunger Games. I remember, like, I think I was just like the third book just fell off the rails. So I'm like, I don't need to mm-hmm. see the movie. Well, I here's my problem with Hunger Games. When I was in my early 20s, I saw um, Battle Royale. Are you familiar with that? The Japanese yes. movie. So that is like similar, more terrifying version yeah. of the Hunger Games too. And that one, it it honestly like. It was fascinating and terrifying and really got to me, but also like stuck with me in a way. Uh-huh. Then I saw the Hunger Games and I was like, I mean, it was fine. That's cute. But yeah, it it really just didn't. <sighs> didn't do much for you. No, because I was already just it was burned in my memory. So it just didn't. Your yeah. socks were in no danger of being knocked off. No, no. It was cute. Like yeah. you said, it was cute. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, about the station. Yes. Take uh, me back to the station. Yes. Pulling back in the station. Choo-choo. Uh, so the station was part of the City Beautiful movement, which involved grand public buildings with dramatic vistas, which this met the brief. It's a large building and the park in front of it. Do you know what it's named? Roosevelt. Do you know who, after which Roosevelt it's named after? No. Theodore. So okay. it was named after Theodore Roosevelt because he died in 1919. Oh, OK. I almost said Teddy. <laughs> That's the right one. I know. But then I was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So the Michigan Central Railroad was part of the New York Central Railroad, which was owned by the Vanderbilts. Oh, the Vanderbilts. Yes. Hmm. Anderson Cooper's relatives. Oh, I think I knew that. Yeah. I think you told me that, actually. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, they owned everything on the East Coast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No shocker there. It's either Vanderbilt or, um, let's see that one, Rockefeller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was designed by a team of architects that designed the New York Central Station. And it makes sense when you look at the two, because they kind of very similar visual cues. And also makes sense when you look at it that one of the architects was known for railroad stations and one was known for hotels. Oh, that makes total sense. Because like the other railroad stations, too, are kind of like part of an infrastructure of like in a city. Yeah. Whereas like this one is it stands alone. Yeah. Which okay, is I think one sense. of the reasons why it declined so hard. Maybe. I mean, I think also just like the rail systems like oh, changed yeah. and stuff. And like our city was unfortunately never built with an infrastructure to have like public transportation. Yeah. So I think because of that, like a lot of yeah things failed. Oh, totally. So one critic's critique of the building is that the two parts don't look like the same building. And I kind of see that, too. It kind of looks like if you look at it straight on, it does look like there's one building that behind it. There's another building. Like they don't look like they're part of the same building. OK, I kind of see that. Like, I don't think it's like totally accurate, but mm. I can definitely see where the critique came from. Yeah. OK. So like I mentioned, the old station burned down. I wrote down the gag is the station wasn't set to be used until the following year. So the, the Michigan Central Station, it yeah. wasn't set to open until 1914. Oh, so this is the most efficient thing I've ever seen the city do. The fire started at 210 within a half hour of officials being told the station was toast. Plans were being made to start using the new station at 520 p.m. Three hours and 10 minutes later, the first train rolled out of the new station towards Saginaw. Oh, my gosh. An hour later, the first train rolled into the station from Chicago. Wow. So literally the old buildings burning down. They're like, whatever. We got a new one. We'll just switch it over right now. And this is like, what, 1913? Yeah. Wow. How did they get that communication like so quickly, like to the train, to the conductor? Like, that's insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think think there was a carrier pigeon involved. I don't think carrier pigeon, but like maybe like a pager. A pager? Yeah. Like beep, beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> like he just pulled over to a payphone with his pager. I had an emergency pager as a teenager. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> I was, <laughs> my parents, 
felt more comfortable if I went places with an emergency pager. Let's bring back pagers. 2020, the year of the pager. Oh my gosh, you can clip it on your pants. Yes. Yeah, I great. love things that clipped on my pants. Also, I love a good <laughs> phone holster, a nice pager. Also, you can like page people like like um like numeric messages so you can spell it like boobs. Yes. <laughs> Hold on, I'm getting a page. It's very important. <laughs> boobs. I think you can also spell penis, can't you? Yeah, pen 15. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, no, a P is not a number. <laughs> you need a keyboard for that. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure out all the dirty words you can send on pagers. We're bringing them back. 2020 yes. year of the pager. Yes. So here's a quote from the Tribune, which also I didn't realize you were putting the quote filter on quotes. And I love that. And so I think I'm a little overboard. So I apologize because there's a couple quotes in this it's one. It's okay. So before the firemen had uncoupled the hose at the old place, trains were running out into and out of the new station. It was a signal of achievement efficiency of the highest possible standard. And inside of 24 hours after the clock in the old tower tumbled to the ground with the rest of that structure, things were moving as though nothing had happened. Whoa. Yeah. So they had planned a declaration to dedicate the building, but it was already open. So they just canceled it. Which like I mean I guess would you make that epic of an entrance? You, you know don't what though? I feel like you can still have a grand opening anytime. Like I am a big advocate, like even though somebody's like moved into a house, have a housewarming party like seven months later. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you needed to warm it up first. Right. My know. friend Grace, her like whenever someone has a housewarming party, she brings a fire extinguisher in case the housewarming party gets too warm. It's such a dad joke. I know. <laughs> So I stole that and started giving people fire extinguishers when they have housewarmings. I'm not going to invite you to my housewarming. Well, I'm just going to burn your house Actually, down. though, you know what? It is a useful item. It is. It's a useful gift. Also, those are expensive, though. I didn't know that. I think they're a little pricey. Well, thanks, Grace. Yeah, I want to say they're like 40, 50 bucks. Damn. I don't think they're like... Like, I bring a plant. Maybe a bottle of wine. Yeah. My gift is between 5 and $18. <laughs> I mean, it's all the thought that counts. Plants are pretty. I know. I, I'm. It's not going to save me in a fire, but. I'm true. It's going to make the fire worse. Um, it depends on how much you've watered it. It's true. I am a plant mom now. I don't know if I told you this. I mean, no, congratulations. I have kept one plant alive for almost two years now. I Did think actually it? two years. I think naming it's the key. No, I just, I have replanted it though. Okay. And like. She has a rough time in the winter and I know that now. Uh-huh. But yeah, and then and then I made some baby plants. I propagated uh-huh. some plants off of Ooh. another person's plant. And now I have like five baby plants. I am and then I also bought a large money tree uh-huh. for clear on clearance at Lowe's. Nice. And kept that alive for the past six months. Nice. Well, when I say six, I mean four. <laughs> we'll round up. But I'm like getting really into them. I like that. I used to kill plants all the time, so this is a big Big hurdle. Love this for you. Yeah. So this has nothing to do with anything, but I was reading in one of the articles I read that the first lost article at the station was a poodle named Tessie who was found outside playing with taxi drivers. And another quote. Needless to say, she was soundly spanked before returning to her basket. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't hit your dog. Don't spank the dog. Right. They don't understand that. Right. Talk to them sternly. Yeah. So just some details on the structure. The whole complex, like the office building station, train yards, and underwater tunnel, cost about uh sixteen million, which is about three hundred and twenty two million adjusted for inflation, with the station itself oh taking up about two point five million of that budget or about fifty five million today. Wow. 
Uh, it's made up of over 8 million bricks, 7,000 tons of steel, and 125,000 cubic feet of stone. When it opened, it was the tallest train station in the world and the fourth tallest building in the city. Which I tried to look, what was the, like the, what was Other the tallest three. building? Mm-hmm. And there were three changes of tallest building in the year 1913. And in order, they were the Ford building, which is between the Penobscot and the Guardian buildings. And then the Penobscot Annex, which... I was confused because I looked later on the list and I saw the Penobscot building mm-hmm. and I was like, how was there an annex before the original? But it turns out there was an original Penobscot building and then they built the annex and then they built the new one, which we consider the Penobscot building now with the spire with a red ball on top. That's very confusing. Yeah. So I guess it's now called the Penobscot block where all three of the Eisler house, which held the record until 1928. Oh, Okay. Back to the train station. Yeah. it was So stretching the whole length of the building was a waiting room that was modeled after the bathhouses of ancient Rome. Oh. And it had many amenities, including a drugstore, a cigar shop, a, and a barber, and also had a smoking lounge for the men and a reading lounge for the ladies, which, like, can you imagine having different rooms by gender, like, other it's than, like, a bathroom? So weird. Like, ladies go read over here, men go smoke over here. It's very strange to me. Like, yeah. I- I mean, not that I want to go in the cigar area myself, yeah, but it should just be the cigar area. Right. And here's a fun quote from the free press. Like I told you, I went quote crazy this good, year. Good, good. Quotes are fun. So from a woman named Willa Houston, who was a daughter of one of the, oh, sorry, Willa Hudson, who was one of the daughters of the conductors. And she said, it was the most beautiful station in the country outside of New York or Chicago, a feather in the city's cap. You'd have thought you were in Buckingham Palace. So this is like a big grand Fancy. station. Yeah. yeah. So, apparently there were also bathing facilities on the premise, which I was like, that's weird, but I guess nice. I mean, so you could, like, freshen up, get a shave. Anybody traveling and, like, if, you know, train travel is a big deal, like, they're not fast. Like, they yeah. do take a second. So, nice I think to it makes total and, sense yeah. there would be, like, bathing facilities. Yeah. I don't know if i take a bath at a train station, though. Or a shower. I mean, I wouldn't use it, but also it was different, though. Yeah. At, at Times were different. They sure were. Women don't had know lots what of that buttons means. on their garments. They had smoking lounges for the men and reading lounges for the ladies. Ladies wore hats. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yep. So the station had 10 gates for trains and about 500 offices. And there used to be a streetcar entrance on the west side of the building, which uh, imagine that transit types being conducted. So at the peak rail travel in the U.S. was about uh, the beginning of World War One, and the station would see about 200 trains leave it daily substantial yeah and in the 40s the station would have upwards of 4,000 visitors a day and 3,000 people working in the tower so like 7,000 people in that building a day wow and some notable riders of the trains Mm -hmm. oh presidents herbert hoover Mm -hmm. harry s truman and Mm -hmm. franklin delano roosevelt Mm -hmm. can i guess can i guess another notable writer yes houdini it didn't say okay but i'm that's how guessing it probably was that's how he got here yeah So definitely. I do know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Go on. Go. Tell uh, me more. Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Thomas Edison. Yes. And even Henry Ford would travel to and from New York on a train called the Detroiter in his own private car called the Fairlane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, this was, of course, before he and the other auto giants killed public transit in the city. Yes. And as well as baseball teams and soldiers leaving for or returning from war. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here were some fun train names because all the trains had names. Oh, like Thomas. Yeah, but not like people names. Because these ones didn't talk, to my knowledge. There was the Twilight Limited, 
the Motor City Special, the Wolverine, the Midnight Express, Empire State Express, Canadian Pacific, and the Mercury, which was known as the Train of Tomorrow. And I Googled it. Ooh. It's a beautiful Art Deco train. And I'm going to post one picture, but do yourselves a favor and look at the Wikipedia article for the Mercury train because it's beautiful. I like that. Wait, the Mercury train was the train of tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. So the, it was known as the train of tomorrow. And it was so popular that they renamed the station's restaurant to the Mercury Room. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Is that why Mercury Bar is Mercury Bar? Maybe. It's right Mer- by the train station? Probably. Yeah. Huh. I just, I, yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. If if you work at the Mercury Bar or you own it, um, for if you want to invite us over, that's cool. Uh, but also, if you want to let us know if that's why it's named that, that that's fun. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We're cry- we'll uh, problem solve this one. So the train station started to decline due to government-funded highways and inner-city flights. And mm-hmm. in the 50s, the train depots were just being abandoned. New York Central, the company that owned Michigan Central Station, was trying to sell it for $5 million, which is about $40 million today. Wow. But there were no takers, so it just struggled along. Uh, the grand waiting room that people were so excited about, like that beautiful first view of Detroit kind of mm-hmm. thing, was closed in 1967 along with the restaurant and main entrance. Mm. In 1968, New York Central merged with Pennsylvania Railroad to form Penn Central, which if you ever wonder why it's Penn Central Station at New York, that's why. And they, oh, okay. So it's the name of the company. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but they went belly up less than two years later. So that's when Amtrak was formed, which I didn't know was formed by the government. I did not know that either. Yeah. So it was like formed by the government and they took over MCS, which Michigan Central Station. Mm -hmm. Uh, 1973, the oil crisis gave the train station a little boost just because gas was expensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so Amtrak decided to spend one million to clean up and modernize the station, mainly focusing on the ticketing windows and a bus depot was added. In 1975, Amtrak opened back up the main waiting room as well as got the station added to the National Register of Historic Places. Uh, The cleanup continued along with the 70s, but it wasn't enough. In contrast to the 200 trains a day it was seeing earlier in its life, the station was down to like a dozen or less trains a day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's drastic. Yeah. And it was described as being empty, dark, and spooky. Oh. In 85, it was announced that the station will be up for sale again. This time, they were able to get a buyer. It was the KB Corp of... New York, and they bought the station. Conrail and Amtrak would stay in the station as tenants, but the building was vacant and deteriorating around them. And even they wanted out due to high utility and maintenance costs. Uh, KB had gotten a $30 million grant to turn the station into a retail and office space, but uh, $3.25 million of that was from the federal government, who took it back due to lack of progress. And that kind of scared the other creditors and kind of questioned the financial credibility of the company and sued. Yeah. On January 5th, 1988, the last train would leave the station to Chicago. In 1989, the real estate developer Mark Longdon Jr. bought the building with the intent to turn it into a casino and convert the office tower into a hotel. Oh, weird. Yeah. I mean, there's... I I get the thinking behind that because I don't remember when uh, gambling first was legalized because it wasn't legal at one point. No, it wasn't then. That's why it didn't happen. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. I was going to say, because the rest of them came much later, like even yeah. Town, which I think is the oldest of them. I, it's not though. It's not. It's oh. the newest. Oh yeah. That shocked me too. They were all built around 99, 2000. So I think the first one was actually Motor City. It was oh. Motor City, then MGM and then Greek Town. Interesting. Okay. Did you know that they're all supposed to be on the riverfront? 
they all missed. They all sure did because they were trying to make like a mini strip. Like, were they of... trying to be like, well, and like Caesars is visible from yeah. the river and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're they're going to try and make like a mini strip and then just weird. Beca- yeah, so they all ended up scattered out the city, which is kind of not useful. No. Yeah. He even had an idea for a nightclub called the Midnight Express, named after one of the trains. Which oh, I think cute. it's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. He also apparently tried to guard the building with a gun just to keep vandals out and like scrappers. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it took voters until 1996 to allow casinos into the city. But by then he had given up his plans because he was paying thousands of dollars in bills for the building each month. Uh, and so the 90s ushered in a new era of scrapping and vandalism. Everything of value was taken, like mm-hmm. the brass fixtures, uh, the plaster mold things on the ceiling, just like everything. Yeah. And much of what was left was covered in paint from taggers or paintball matches that would occur there. Yeah. Which it said it fell into such ruin, but like a paintball match in that big old <laughs> abandoned building sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Some guy in one of my uh, digital photo classes in college. He went in there. He went in there and then he made this beautiful video of photos from it. So uh-huh. to a song he wrote on his guitar. Like, Ugh. I know. Right. Was it Wonderwall? No, but did your classmate write Wonderwall? No, damn. No, actually, he did become a musician though, so good for him. Yeah, good for him. I like his music. Good. Yeah, Chris Bathgate. If anybody wants to listen to something good, yeah, is he on Spotify? Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. So, ninety-five, it was bought by the Controlled Terminals Inc., a Detroit company ran by billionaire Manuel Matty Moran. Sure. Which like doesn't sound right, but that's how it's spelled. Is it M O R A N? I'm assuming or M O R O U N Moran. We'll go, yeah, that sure. one. We'll just call it Maddie. Maddie D. Yes. <laughs> so he's the guy who also owns the Ambassador Bridge. Oh, okay. So rich ass. Which is so weird to think about that somebody owns that bridge, like a person. Yeah. yeah. Just need to say that. Yeah. So he bought it in hopes that it would prove to be valuable for his rail yard, and he erected a barbed wire fence around the facility, but mm-hmm. like that did little to nothing to keep mm-hmm. people out. According to Deadline Detroit, a 30-minute documentary was made in 2004, and in that doc, Gerald Catfish Williams, who lived in the abandoned depot after losing his job, gave the following quote. The kids from suburbia do the graffiti, then when they get done, if they're bored, they start smashing shit up. Sometimes they just leave, but they come up, they come here because they can't do it out there in the suburbs. You get caught spray painting a garage, you're going to jail, you know? So they come down here into the inner city, mess everything up, then go home. Yeah, Detroit sucks. It's this. It's that, you know? Oh. Yeah. So, he did not like these hooligans, which no. I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean. Kids are shit. Oh, for sure. But, Former teacher right here. Yeah. For sure. Just kidding. Sort of. I'm not. So, now it's like, what do they do with the empty building? By now, people wanted to tear down the decrepit building, so it was starting <sighs> to look like an eyesore. That was, like, broken my heart. I know. It was actually, like, slated for demolition, mm-hmm. but it didn't happen, obviously, because it's still there. So, in 2001, Marone proposed a new idea for the building as a state-of-the-art international trade and custom center, but it would be very expensive, so people kind of thought this was just a tactic to save the building for demolition. So, he's like, no, wait, I do have a plan for this. It's like, you got that money, bro? Mm-hmm. In 2003, Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick announced that the building would be renovated to become the new police headquarter for the city. That would have been insane. Yeah. That's a huge building. Yeah. But he also was going to say the waiting room would be open as a public space along with a police museum and a restaurant. I mean, you'd have to do something else. It wouldn't just be offices for sure. 
Uh, in 2004, he announced that a deal had been reached to buy the building from Marone for an unknown amount and that the Reno project would cost between 100 and $150 million. Wow. So naysayers, including the city's Auditor General, Joseph Harris, said, like, we can't afford that. Yeah. In 2005, Kilpatrick told the Free Press, though, quote, we can't afford to pay that much for demolition. If you imploded it, the amount of explosives you need would probably blow up half a Mexican town. So what we're trying to do is make it work. No, I mean, okay. Yeah. Ultimately, the deal did not go through, so Marone still owned it. He then said that uh, until there was any sign of a tenant or a deal that he wouldn't spend any significant amount of money to keep the upkeep and preservation. Okay. So basically, I'm not going to pay for it, but like, all right, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Like, he still owned it, but he's like, I'm not sinking any more money into this money Mm -hmm. trap. Which, like, I don't blame him. Mm -hmm. But also, maybe you just shouldn't have bought it then. Yeah. But I guess also he did have intentions to turn into a casino. I'm not questioning his business decisions. I don't know business. (laughs) Uh, In 2009, he proposed that the federal government lease it for a Homeland Security and Customs and Border Protection headquarters. Uh, They didn't bite, surprisingly. Uh, Here's this old abandoned building that's been smashed to shit. Do you want to lease it? Yeah. (laughs) It'll cost a lot of money to make it, like, usable, but do you want it? Yeah. Do you want to lease it? Uh. Also in 2009, the city council passed a resolution to request a teardown of MCS at Marone's expense, of course. Mm -hmm. And it was proposed to use a $3.6 million grant from the government to do it, and then Bill Marone, but was shot down due to the building's place on the National Register of Historic Places, and that the money could go to better uses. And they also estimated that teardown would cost between five and ten million. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's kind of just been like in limbo until June of 2018 when Form confirmed that it had purchased the building from her own family for an undisclosed amount. Mm-hmm. Ford plans to include the building in a new Detroit campus they are building that includes the Michigan Central Station, a brass factory, the Detroit Public School Book Depository. Oh. And former hosiery factory along with uh, other pieces of land in a 1.2 million square foot office space mm-hmm. combined of all the buildings. Oh, here we go. Uh, the Michigan Central Station is slated to be done by 2022. Okay. And so now I try to start looking for ookie spookies. I'm like, there mm-hmm. has to be ookie spookies. Mm-hmm. But apparently in 2018, they had a haunted house in there. Oh, what? So that's all Aww. that came up. And I'm like, why didn't I hear about this? Yeah, I didn't hear about that either. It was just like one night and one night only. No, oh, that would have been cool. I know. And so because of this, though, I wasn't able to find any actual ookie spookies because mm-hmm. everything was just like haunted house, haunted house, haunted house. Anyway, I'm just happy that finally something happened with the space. Yeah. Um, I did watch like the like video kind of showing what they're proposing and what's going to be there mm-hmm. and like the renovation and stuff. And it's like, going to be like their self-driving car. Yeah, division, it's going to be right? autonomous okay. campus. Yeah, yeah. Their autonomous car- vehicle campus. Autonomous. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But, like, uh, didn't they find, like, a bunch of uh, whiskey bottles or something in it, too? Yeah, I guess they'd found a bunch of, like, just doing the renovations they're doing now. They've been finding a bunch of, like, interesting stuff, like the whiskey. The things you find in places. Yeah. But that's pretty much the end of the story for now. My sources are clickondetroit.com, Ford's corporate website, Wikipedia, historicdetroit.org, and MLive. Well done. Thank you. It's very fitting that you would do that because you are good at the... um. I'm a building hoe. You're good at them, though. You, yeah. You, have, you find the, the things. And, yeah. and I don't know. Yeah. You have the passion and I love it. Thank you. Because I like hearing about it, but I think you you connect in a way. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So. Nice. Thank you. I'm glad you did. You got some two truths and a lie for me. Two T's and an L. 
So I just found out recently that this year will mark the 42nd anniversary of a book called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. Are you familiar with that book or the movie? I've seen the movie and I've definitely seen the book. Okay. In stores. Um, so Never read I've, it. I've seen the the movie. I've read I've not read the whole series because it's actually a series of I believe six books. Yeah. Um I do have like a copy of all of them, so I probably should, but I've definitely read the first one quite a few times. I know um, the answer to life is forty two. Yes. Which I think he just picked as an arbitrary number, but it's interesting because um the number forty two in wow. Japanese is very unlucky. Mm-hmm. Uh because it's pronounced shini, which is also the verb death. I was going to say, stop telling um, facts about it already because oh. I'm going to be telling facts about it. Okay, go ahead. But it's also, it marks the 42nd year. So that's. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, this year in October, I believe, okay. is when it was um, October 12th. Okay. Which I know is a bit away, but, you know, this yeah. came up. Yeah. Uh, so here's my two truths and a lie. Although I might change one of them now that somebody had to go ahead. Gomenasai. Japanese for I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay. I've got it. Okay. Um, okay. So it was by Douglas Adams. Okay. My first fact is that out of all of the, the series, because there's multiple books, Adam's favorite book was actually one of the last ones uh, called Mostly Harmless. Okay. Fact number two. The importance of towels was inspired by real life. events fact number three the idea of hitchhiking through the universe was inspired by actual hitchhiking my guess is number two is the lie the towels yeah Er, damn so towels were uh were very a very high importance basically like don't forget your towels like the main rule to like hitchhiking through the universe i forgot about that and it sounds from a real life experience he had a vacation to greece with his friends and according to adam's quote Those famous quotes. Every morning they'd have to sit around and wait for me because I couldn't find my blessed towel. I came to feel that some someone really together, one who was well organized, would always know where their towel was. Do you think that's where Towelie and South Park came from? Don't forget to bring a towel. Maybe. I mean, honestly. I mean, I never put two and two together, but I I feel like they probably were fans of or are fans of Douglas Adams. I can see that. Like it just kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there were definitely similar vibes, although South Park's a bit more uh, dirty. Oh, da- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the dirty yeah. with three R's that Christina's saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so other other facts. Okay, I guess the last one about hitchhiking. Uh, that one is actually true. Damn it. Uh, he was drunkenly stargazing in a field in Innsbruck, Austria in 1971. And I've actually been there. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So there was actually a book written about from Neil Gaiman called Don't Panic, Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh-huh. And he states that Adams, who was poor at the time, was hitchhiking from London to Istanbul with a stolen copy of Ken Welsh's Hitchhiker's Guide to Europe. Um, and he later wrote to Welsh, I got frantically depressed in Innsbruck. When the stars came out, I thought that someone ought to write a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because it looked a lot more attractive out there than it did around me. Oh, Yeah. Which brings us to the lie. Bow, 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 bow. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the lie is that his favorite book in the series was mostly harmless, one of the last few books. And he actually wished he had quit earlier. Interesting. He wasn't particularly fond of his last two contributions to the series. These facts all, by the way, came from mental floss. And I'm going to 
pepper in a few more. At time, well, we're going to go back to 42. So it wasn't all that mysterious. The reason that 42 is the answer to life, the universe and everything is because it makes for a solid punchline. Basically, it is arbitrary. But in 1993, he explained on a uh, fan site that the quote unquote, the answer to this is very simple. It was a joke. It had to be a number. An ordinary, smallish number, and I chose that one. Binary representations, base 13, Tibetan monks are all complete nonsense. I sat at my desk, stared into the garden, and thought, 42 will do. I typed it out. End of story. I like that. I I like that, too. Uh, A couple other things, too. At one point, um, his editor had to actually uh, lock him into a hotel room. For days upon days so that he would finish one of the books, uh-huh. uh, just kind of keep him regiment, you know, regimented on it. And then also the series has turned fans into mixologists. Interesting. So if you ever want to feel like, quote, having your brain smashed out by a slice of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick, uh, Wikibooks offers a recipe for the series infamous cocktail, the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. Just don't drink two unless you're, quote unquote, 30 t- a 30 ton mega elephant with bronchial pneumonia. So these recipes are intense. <laughs> There's a few different of them. Uh-huh. You can look up on Wikibooks, Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster, which is one of the things mentioned in the books. Uh-huh. Some of them are silly. Like the first one's like, take out juice from one bottle of that old jank spirit poured into a measure of water from the seas of St. Trangenus. Uh, oh, that St. Tr- Seawater. Oh, that whatever. Um, but I think that's the recipe like from the book. Uh-huh. So then there's like a couple different like... I think like variations of them. It's been a second since I've read it too, but uh-huh. one is like one and a, uh, one and a half shots, one fifty one quarter shot tequila, quarter shot gin, two thirds shot triple sec, one shot blue carousel, one dash bitters, one dash grenadine. Damn. Yeah. Next one, recipe number five on the site. Four parts Bacardi Citron, one part Bacardi 151 for color, one part Goldschlager, one part Everclear. Like they're all made to like, kill, like kill you basically. Damn, yeah. Like, um, There's no mixer in that. That's all alcohol, especially the, the Everclear. It tells you straight up on the bottle, do not drink this straight. Yeah. And and they're all, I mean, there's like a ton of them on here too. Yeah. Like they're all over the place. They're kind of, but they're all super intense. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to go through all of them. Deriving something in real life, like from literature. Yeah. And some, especially like. Literature that has like some some points for sure, and it, it it can be very poignant, but it's also very playful at times too. Yeah. So it also makes sense that he had a Neil Gaiman book on him, like yeah. that was kind of a purpose inspiration because it's definitely a very similar vibe of just oh, kind of yeah. like flippant. Yeah, like, I know. I read that earlier today, and I was like, "Oh, that makes total sense." Like Neil Gaiman, Galaxy Guy, the Gal, yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's the one. Mm-hmm. This sour hit me hard. Oh, me too. It was very strong. It was almost like South Park. one of these galactic blar yeah. blar drinks. Yeah. That's <laughs> not what they were called. No. Yeah. So, well, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I had something else totally planned and then I learned that fact. I like that. And I was like, oh, I want to talk about that. Yeah. It's home for me. I love, love also an arbitrary like choice like that. That becomes yeah. like a big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that that wraps us. That wraps us for sure. If you want to follow us on any social media, you can follow us at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter. Just Detroit Strange on Facebook. And if you want to email us, it's DetroitStrange at gmail.com. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have a second, please subscribe, uh, rate, review. Apple Podcasts offers that service for sure. It's weird that that's the only one that allows rating and reviewing because I just noticed that. that mm-hmm. It's the only one. It is. I mean, to my knowledge, but yeah. Same. I, yeah, it is. And other than that, I don't think either of us have anything. So um, until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sex and Violence. 